I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Lots of potential nauseating analogies possible to use when reviewing Sunderland's festive results and performances, but we'll save you the effort of going through all of that. Tons to get through as we look over the four games as loosely as possible because we haven't got all night. And we'll have a general inquest as to where exactly five points from those games leaves us. Doing that with myself, Stephen Goldsmith, is Kristen Henedge from ESPN, amongst other media outlets, which I could have possibly listed, but... Again, we haven't gone all night. The generic question to you, Kristen, about whether you had a good Christmas. I had a very good Christmas, thank you. Did you? you? That's always nice knowing. The same question to the Rock Reports, Craig Clark. Yep, it was great, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, if you've got any festive anecdotes, we're all ears. No? Nothing good for you, I'm afraid. No, just the same old, same old. Gareth Barker's here, as always, as well. Keeping things ticking over as he does on the production side of things. Let's hope he doesn't do a late catamall, have a late catamall moment and take his eye off the ball. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> later. Um, if we're going to bring up the first game, Craig, I would like to, I wouldn't, as I said, we're not going to speak loads about it, but the Cardiff one, because that was the game that seemed to epitomise Sunderland's season all in one game. Awful start to the point where you in despair through your hands almost. Suddenly a bit self-belief and spells of looking half decent and finishing the game looking like a decent football inside. Um, I think the most frustrating thing was the fact that that start came after such a confidence-inspiring win at Everton. You would have thought, if anything, if the game was going to happen anyway, it might have happened in reverse. But somehow, you know, they win that game at Everton and, and come out with one of the worst half-an-hour of football I've seen them put in since Di Canio left Do you think that's some season uh, Sunderland season up Gareth the, the the slow start and then just not quite having enough you know taking a point mm. rather than three and it's you know if you generalise Sunderland season I did tweet from the account before saying it would be classic Sunderland to go to Everton win and then go into the it's always the must win game it seems and then the I mean I didn't ex- I thought it might be tough but I didn't expect them to be as bad as they were in the first 25 minutes and after the first 25 minutes were actually not too bad in the middle part of the game but I think the first 25 minutes were so horrific that it kind of tainted the entire thing um, but yeah I guess it was well I don't know if I'd say this this season in a microcosm because I had a positive end and mm. you know I'll, but we ran out of t- but we ran out of time to get the three points <laughs> which we could possibly relate mm. to running out of time mm. and staying up couldn't it um, Kristen mentioned the Everton game there which seems like ages ago now and it does feel to an extent that that result's almost been ruined by the other performances but you have to remember that's still a very very useful three points for Sunderland isn't it yeah of course Everton had a, an unbeaten record for the entire calendar year um, at Goodison and uh, I think for you to, to get a three points there is huge and it shows that there's potential there because I think it, again the the most important thing is to remember is that it wasn't really lucky I mean admittedly Evan probably had the better share of it over the 90 minutes but 
there was nothing other than good Sunderland play that got key that situation and got the goal. So it's it's all positive, really. And then finally, just brushing brushing past the Villa Norwich games because they can be spoken about in the same bracket because they were carbon copies of each other in a way. In a way, Gareth were, and then it's just that. Villa had that little bit extra quality compared to Norwich where they could come and win the mm. game as opposed to Norwich but both games very familiar and it, it's mm. you, you've got to hope that's something we're going to be able to break away from for the rest of the season I thought Norwich probably had better chances than Villa had in, in across the two games um, I think we kind of gifted um, in in general play we kind of gifted the, the obviously the, chan- the goal to, to Villa and then at the end they sort of pushed on when there was yeah. gaps all over the place mm-hmm. and that's when I mean Lambert came out afterwards and made some comments about oh we could have won three or four nil well we were chasing the game and we were basically we had one at the back in Dekite and he just kind of defended or tried his best to defend on his own he actually did alright in that last yeah, 20 minutes made two or three excellent tackles like but Kevin Keegan art of yeah. attacking <laughs> and then like Phil Bardi playing as some sort of like auxiliary sort of like central midfielder sort of covering the whole I don't, I don't know what was going on there really but um, yeah. free form yeah, it was a bit freeform, but when you compare the two games, I guess the bottom line is that we we didn't score in either of them. We definitely created more chances against Villa than we did against Norwich, um, but we just didn't. We could have we could have been three 0 up after fifteen minutes, and you know we didn't take those chances. It's worrying on a subconscious level, Craig, that before the Aston Villa game, and all the lads I was sitting around within the pub, and we were all kind of saying. We wouldn't be surprised to see us lose this one nil, you know, with an Agbonglahor goal, which proved. And if you're thinking like that, you know, probably a lot of that was based on the Norwich game. Now we've had that actually did materialise in Aston Villa game. Is is this a worry? Is is this something where, you know, what positives can we take from it? The chance creation that Gareth mentioned in the <clears throat> in the early part of the game, and the fact that we did actually score an equaliser that mm. was rather mm. harshly ruled out. Other than that, it, it is a worry because. It looks a bit like, dare I say, what we looked like under Di Canio against Fulham. It's a, a lack of that's penetration. Th- that's three sides around mm. us now. The, the, mm. the sort of must-win games, the sides you've got to beast, and we feel we failed essentially. Linesman's flag or not, we failed essentially the, to, break, shot on to break them all down. You know, it, I mean, there was the Fletcher chance that uh, Jack Arini's pass to him wasn't wasn't great, and it was on his right foot rather than his left mixture foot. Mixture of the pair of them, I think. Fletcher went a bit wide. I think his position, Fletcher's position there, he could have been a bit narrower. He, he had to give the ball no, to he, his feet. No, he yeah, you're right. He yeah, shouldn't yeah. have put it in front of him. And but he's got to hit the target he, when he gets in that position, though. True, but if it had been on his left foot, I think he probably would have. And I'm not saying that should be an excuse at this level, but it's just that's again, it sort of sums our season up. It's just nearly. Mm. We would we play good football, but it's just nearly. It's mm. not enough. It's it's in patches, which Poyet has pointed out himself. A number of times now. When you mentioned the word patches, there certainly Kristen for chance uh, creating chances. They're coming in patches. In that way, you know nothing's really changed. If you go back to when Martin O'Neill was here, because although O'Neill's side didn't see a lot of the ball, essentially we were still having patches of chances then, mm. like we're having patches of chances now. And the only difference is we've got the ball at our feet in between those chances. But it's, I suppose, what I'm getting at is there the seems to be a key component missing to just make everything tick yeah I see what you mean I think the difference is is that with O'Neill it was luck rather than judgement whereas boy I think there's a degree of uh, actual tactics involved to getting you those chances the the problem is, is as you said is quality um, Fletcher's out of form I think Altador's still very much adjusting Barini seems to dip in and out and I think you can see exactly why he's available for loan this season because he still needs to develop certain aspects of his game 
Um, and unfortunately, when when you're relying on strikers that are out of form, when they do get those those rare chances, they're not inclined to put them away just through lack of confidence, a mixture of other mental aspects. I think. As it was, what's frustrating in, in that respect as well is that we were sort of talking about this off, off air. Fletcher had scored at Cardiff, and that inspired the comeback. And then it comes back to the next game, and that confidence seems to have drained or for whatever reason the, the quality's disappeared and similar with Altidore I mean I mean, he's at a complete low ebb now but he scored that goal against Chelsea and you thought this is it it's his chance to turn it round and he's gotten worse than ever since then and we just don't have time for these players to find that confidence or to find their feet at this level it, we're, we're, run, we're running out of games basically I know there's half a season but we have to stop beating teams around us. I think that the Stadium of Light is becoming an easier place to play as well. And I mean that because, again, everyone is clearly frustrated and I can completely understand why. But it, it's very easy to jump on the players' backs at the minute, I think. And again, I'm not blaming fans at all. I think you know they pay the money and they're entitled to shout, boo or cheer. But there's that certain point. And, and Villa, again, five at the back at points. There was there was five men strung across the back. They they came to defend and then spring something on on the two pacey chaps up front. And I think Fulham did the same thing at the start of the season. And for clubs that are around you, they're gonna want to do that now. They're gonna know if they just sit off for a bit, hang back, there's gonna be the occasional chance. And if they can't break you down after a certain point, the crowd will get on them and it's one of the oldest sort of narratives of football I think. So I think getting back to my point then is if sides are gonna come around around us in the table are going to come and do that Gareth force us to break them down mm. and we can't do it then regardless of who the manager is what's how they're setting up what the system is it comes down to an ability issue again doesn't it as we mentioned last the back end of last season on here a lot yeah definitely um, that's something that he you know only Poyot can change by bringing in players like he rates in the window that's all he can do because he's seen it he's, he's sort of implied in the last week that he's seen enough of the players that he's got to to know that this player's arrow can't do what he needs them to do. Um, on the subject, what Christian was talking about, though, about you know the the way an unknown subject team setting up to just come and nick one or whatever. I think it was the manner of the goal we conceded against Villa that makes the crowd turn mm. a bit. Here if we, if, if here someone we go again if someone sticks yeah. one in the top corner from twenty five yards, yeah. you kind of go and oh, and then you, it's easier to get behind them, but. The fact, it's just we go to Everton and that that mistake happens in the Everton game and you think that never you never yeah. see that error really two you games mean, you later you mean Leon Osmond do it yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah. you never see that, that happen again this and season. then two <laughs> games later we do it you know we do it ourselves to somebody else we even it yeah. out and it's just we even the universe it, out it is, it is it's just I've never seen people say things that even themselves out over a season well we seem to have to wait a long time for our luck to come back. <laughs> We're certainly in deficit. And then, yeah, and then two two games later. I mean, people talk about luck. It's not really luck. I mean, Catamulls. Mm. People trying to. I'm not like Luke Bowes saying that he felt like Rebege passed it to his wrong side. Stuff like that. Just I wouldn't overanalyze it. The lads made a mistake. Mm. He, and to be fair to Catamull, he had that. He had a bad spell at ten minutes, but he didn't go hiding. He kept offering for the ball. He kept trying to do what he was put out there to do. And you know, credit to him for that. Mm. I'll tell um, you what it was. It. Up until that moment, and possibly even after, I maybe noticed it less. But I made a point of sort of watching him, and he was just direct in the play. He was telling players where to be mm. all of the time. Full backs get forward, like centre backs to split, mm-hmm. and it 
he was you know he was the main man on the pitch for us in that respect organizing cajoling and all that kind of stuff after that it's got to be a worry that after that mistake he looked uh, you're right he didn't hide but he wilted i mean mm. he nearly made the same or similar mistakes mm. several times after which could have resulted in two or three Mano- more Manoni went and gave him a hug at one point actually when there was i think the last time he made <laughs> yeah. a mistake they cleared it Manoni like went up to him and just kind of grabbed him and mm. put his arm around his shoulder and was just kind of you know because he was saying was it the norwich game where Catamol where right at the end of the first half mm. we were oh, trying he t- to force he t- he t- it he t- yeah what, what what happened was the uh, Manoni had the ball and he and he he, he he sort of hesitated and then he played the ball at John O'Shea who decided to leave it and I went straight to uh, an Irish player who I can't remember what it was at the time now but anyway we got away with it and then the, the half time whistle went and Catamol turned round to the north stand and kind of you know mm. gestured at them to calm down a little bit mm. um, he wasn't too pleased with that hug from mm. what I saw on the replay was he not no, <laughs> no. Suggest, suggested Manoni go forth and multiply did he <laughs> did he yeah he's probably just frustrated well Chris Young the other week was in saying he doesn't like the term red mist which is a mm. bit ironic so <laughs> there's a lot of things he he doesn't like what he could see is him, himself out of well, the side at the moment we'll get on a transfer soon well speaking of the the calm and the crowd down thing I don't know about anyone else where you sit or whatever where I sit or stand during the game um, I, I think people are starting to question this playing it out from the back slowly because they're looking at it and thinking what well it's not getting results why are we doing it it's not helping us create more chances but it's giving them opportunities to rob the ball off us and score the winner now what is it actually achieving playing the ball square in that position now I think it is the right way to go if that's what Poet wants us to do we stick with it but I do think that people do start looking at it and but it's it's almost ironic because supporters were probably saying the complete opposite under O'Neill. Oh, yeah. we've never got the ball and we're well, I mean, getting hammered. This, so. this this was question number one when Poyet's um, announced the announcement of Poyet was made, wasn't it? That people were worried about how the crowd would adapt to this style of football. I've got to be honest, where I sit in the north stand, people are patient, people are fine. So I don't know if that's just different areas of well, the ground. It might be more you the internet be, as well. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. kind of it all gets mixed up. Mm. You well, know. I'm in the east, and when Christian will be there, he'll be in the west. So we've got. <laughs> In the east, um, so all four corners are represented here. All four sides. What saying. You in the south, Craig, all four yeah, sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not right to say it was people in the ground there's around more, me. There's a few mornings where I am. Get uh, out yeah. the field. Get yeah. out the field. Yeah. Like, well. But maybe it's yeah. more things. I, I think it was actually a letter to ALS on Facebook that I'd like commented on because you were saying someone had written in saying like, "Oh, we've we've had like." 60-40 possession. I'd rather we had forty percent 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 of possession and won the game. Yeah, well, we used to have 40% under O'Neill and we didn't win games then either. And we it's not that simple. What you were saying about patch of the chance creation under O'Neill last season, we I think we only had six shots on target in the first eight games or something like that. Mm. So we, we weren't creating a lot of chances. Fletcher only had, didn't have Fletcher only had five shots and scored four goals or something in his first five games. Yeah. Well, what, it, what it boils down to is, um, sorry, what it, what it boils down to is, we have a set of players and I think all of them have some quality amongst them. I don't think any of them are necessarily terrible footballers. Unfortunately, as a unit, it doesn't work. Mm. There's a lack of pace, a lack of guile, a lack of creativity, a lack of penetration, like people with skill who can go past players on a regular basis. That, that's what's causing these problems. It, you can't say we can be a counter-attacking team or a possession team. The, the problems still exist. Yeah. Well, the common denominator is the players. The players have survived six or seven, like in Bardley's case, you're talking six, seven managers. 
you know the, the, mm. where, that's where you've got to point the finger well talking about players again specifically and scratching the surface of what we mentioned about the centre forwards there because it get, that links in with the, the crowd reaction as well I think we've got to talk about George at the door particularly maybe Stephen Fletcher as well where are we now Gareth are we are you in the camp that they aren't getting the service or are you in the camp that they are short on confidence not good enough where are we at Um I think a bit of each a bit of everything I mean it, a bit of everything in different proportions for each player you know you'd have to get you know a Venn diagram for each one or something like that um, but <laughs> do some pie charts yeah well I don't know if a pie chart's the appropriate chart for this well, analysis but you know um, you, you could you could make your own percentages up I'll just give you three maybe options I'll just maybe give you three I, actually options. no you're right I'll give yeah. you that aye um, but yeah uh, you know with, with Altador I think you look at him and he's just his confidence I mean I know there's a lad who we interact with quite a lot on Twitter who's from the US and he's a Sunderland fan called Rob Robert and he um he's mentioned a few times about Altador's attitude for the men's national team. Mm. It seems as though this recent resurgence for him was off the back of a, a bad spell. I don't I know Kristen you're very familiar with uh, US yeah, soccer so the um again he, he burst on the scene was was why thin but burst on the scene at New York. Um, and again, didn't build on that when he went to Villarreal, understandably, because Villarreal was a big club at the time. Um, last year, or the last calendar year for the US, he has been sensational. Um, I think he has nine, nine, seven goals in nine games, I think, and he was voted Player of the Year and all these kind of accolades. Um, and it was, it was completely off the back of good form at Alkmaar. Um, but, I mean, this is the thing, the one criticism that's consistently been levelled at him that he got when he arrived at Altmar was that he's not tactically aware um, his, his coach at the time said he knew nothing when he arrived and he, I think he could have been a bit kinder in, in his choice of words but, but what he meant was is that he didn't really know how to play football in a tactical sense he was, he was all athleticism very interesting that especially when you look at who our manager is and the way he wants his team mm. to play I think that, <clears throat> that actually I, I didn't, wasn't aware of that mm. and you saying that makes perfect sense I think now when you look at the way he's performing but I think you know out the door. It's at the moment. It's it seems as though he's public enemy number one. Seems to be the very easy target. Even when he's not involved in the game that much, in the sense that he hasn't played, there's still. It's almost like he's like the the stick. Like he's like the beacon of garbage mm-hmm. that represents our season. It's like you know, six million quid striker. He doesn't score goals. He hasn't scored goals, so he's going to get stick. And it's like well can't believe we spent this money on Altador and as a result he's on Twitter, he's quite vocal on Twitter his publicist promotes him a lot on Twitter a lot of Sunderland fans follow the publicist and it just whips up this storm of, mm. you know it's an e- he's an easy target um, and he gets abused, which I think is wrong and there's been some abuse over Christmas aimed at, towards him which is disgusting. Yep. Shame on you if that's you um, but, you know he's, he's been, I, li- I like him think he's got something about him but it, it, whether or not he, he can do it in the Premier League is another matter and mm. it, on the evidence that is being presented he he might take him sick you might take him a year to settle and then you'd have to look next year but we haven't got time for that to happen yeah Fletcher I, uh, Flet- I had a chat with the, the stats guys at ESPN and they said that he'd had 11 shots in his first eight games yeah a lot Which of them is... were from distance weren't they yeah I just go back to the Southampton away game the first away game of the season and I think we had a discussion I said to Gareth after that game I wasn't sure about his speed of thought I think he made sometimes the right runs I think sometimes it's a fraction too late and the the transition from when he gets the ball to what he actually does I think possibly for the Premier League 
it's, it's debatable whether it's fast enough. That's where I would go. We're going to leave on to this now because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the the two cup games coming up, the FA Cup game and the League Cup game. Um, so I was thinking about um, devising a shot drinking game based around how many times we'll hear sarcastic <laughs> lines that go along the lines of so much for the magic of the cup when various half-empty stadiums watch games evolving too heavily weakened side this weekend. But I went FA Cup games as a kid at Roker Park and I don't think there was many where you got more than 20,000 there so let's not just get caught in all that nostalgic thing but we have a League Cup game next week we're in a relegation battle Gareth how much respect does Sunderland need to pay the FA Cup this weekend um, or how much respect do you think they will pay I think it's I'd look at it I'd look at it a different way I don't talk about <coughs> respect and <coughs> respect and the competition I, I don't think that's a yeah just, we, just, we've got just, to just we've ignore got, the way I've I've got to yeah, run that question. You yeah, know what I'm getting. At. We've got to we've got to do what's best for for us. Um, I think we've showed respect to the League Cup, which for some reason it's all right to disrespect the if we're going <laughs> by whatever that means, diss the League Cup or whatever, and play your kids in the League Cup. Is he going to play a strong team or not? No, <laughs> right. he won't. No, well he shouldn't right. either. I'd play middle across the middle. I wouldn't be at all disappointed if it was Bar and uh, Cabral in the middle. And Moberg Carlson and Mavrias played, and people like that came in. And Gardner, I, w- I would, I wouldn't be at all bothered. Do you think he'll go that far, Craig? Do you think it'd be wholesale change, or do you think he'll mix it up? Or I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think he will make a lot of changes, and I do think some of the more fringe players will get a run out. But he hasn't. We've had games in two days of each other. I know they were both league games, and they weren't against a League One side, but doesn't seem in his makeup to to throw in a whole boatload of, mm. of mm. kids because what you're talking about there like the likes of Barr not Cabral obviously but Moberg Carlson I mean they've not even been near the side but especially when you have a, a, a particular system Kristen like Poyet has we spoke when he first took over at Sunderland he didn't try and throw that on the players straight away mm. the derby is an example of that and then we've seen it in the cup ironically against Southampton so to make wholesale changes and expect some of these lads who's not played that style, would that be a bit dangerous? Or I suppose some managers would look at it as if to say, just let's just rest players, play other players. But as Craig said, Poyet doesn't seem necessarily like the block, uh, the person to do that. No, I think his only exposure with the cup before was with Brighton, and I think he used those as, as opportunities to display his talent because he faced Newcastle twice and beat them um, quite comfortably, to be fair, in both instances. I think if there's a benefit to chucking the likes of Moberg, Carlson and Barr in is that you get at least a good idea of where they're at. So if you do have to rely on them, because again, injuries never come at a good time, um, then that's the opportunity. And equally, they're going to want to impress because they know there's a decent chance they might get in in the coming weeks. I think there's a, there's two factors. I think there's a tipping point in the fact that Poyet's come out and said he's fed up. He certainly looks and, it. And that's, a po- that's maybe a point where he can say, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit these lads who haven't played, get yourself out there and prove prove to me that you you're good enough to be involved and start pushing the players that I've stuck with over the last two months a chance. He's got an excuse to do it. I don't know if he's that kind of manager or he would do that. Secondly, the there's cup games and then there's a cup semi final and we like Craig was saying, we've had two games in two days. He'll if we can get the if we he can beat Man United in the semi final of the cup and get to the cup final, and then whatever happens happens. Then, you know, as a manager like you say, 
like you were saying, Kristen, about his he used the Brighton games mm-hmm. in the FA Cup to, sh- to show himself how good he is. You know, what's you know if you can say, well, you know, if I've been here for six months and I've I've won the League Cup, mm. I just think that's it, a fair point. It, yeah, it's certainly been a welcome destruction from the League, the League Cup this year. I think if we don't if we don't see Cabral play the weekend, Craig, we're never ever 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 <laughs> going to see him ever no. play for Sunderland. I kind of want him just to play so that it'll shut people up, so we'll see yeah. how he performs one way. He goes out on loan on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but, but as you know, as I've just said, it's been a welcome destruction from the league this year for a change because Sunderland you know, aren't particularly good in the Cups normally are we looking forward to this game on Tuesday are you worried about picking up injuries for the league can you can you put your sort of worries about the league to one side no, or will I, it always be there no, forget almost forget the league I yeah. mean it takes care of itself or it doesn't it, if we get to the League Cup final and it's a big ask because Manchester United regardless of their sort of travails this season still got talented footballers there who can they can hurt you um, if we somehow manage to get to that Wembley final that's something I'm going to remember in 20 years if we finish 17th I'm not it's just going to be another season of mm. treading water in the Premier League now I'm not going down one of those routes of what would you rather have mm. stay up or cup final but we're actually two games away from a cup final you've just got to sew everything at it mm-hmm. Kristen does Manchester United's league form dictate that this is a huge game for them now now Man United getting on a semi-final of a cup would always be a, a big game for them. I'm not trying to say that previous manager, uh, <coughs> previous manager, singular, <laughs> singular, um, would not take these seriously because when they get to this stage, Ferguson did used to take it seriously. But mm. you know what I'm getting at here, David Moyes. You kind of feel like he needs this this season, don't you? Oh, definitely. It could paper over a lot of first season cracks for him, um, which is unfortunate because I think he could do a lot of good for Sunderland as well, even if they do or. Or do not stay up. Um, I, I think you'll see a mixture of, of first team and perhaps reserve players in there. But even still, it's, it's it's that old adage of a reserve team player at Manchester United is not a bad footballer. Will he mix it up because they play Sunday as well, don't they? Gareth, what time are you saying they play on Sunday? Um, they played half four, I think, on Sunday. So do you think it's sort of going to be fifty-fifty for both games, or is he going to play a strong? Because he can afford to change it for both games now, can't he? I think so. I think he has the depth to to change it significantly for the two games. I think. You'll see a stronger possible side for the league because he needs to save face in the league. Um, some of the teams they've been beaten by, I would excuse Tottenham for that because Tottenham are a good side, um, has been quite embarrassing, especially given that it's at Old Trafford, which is normally seen as a fortress amongst other things. The, the League Cup, I think, will be a slightly different one. I think you'll see some youngsters in there because, again, he did that last season. Um, some of the younger defenders, James Wooten, who I think is left now, but that kind of calibre of player will, will, will come in and be given a chance to do something because if you can't test them then then you're never really going to test them are you? I'd like to I'd like to think use the use the uh, reasoning Gareth that when you know win this game and it gives us momentum for the league but it hasn't quite worked out like that this season has no. it it's still been stop start no they've just got it you know this, they can't afford to get beaten heavily in this first leg I think that's because if we get beaten heavily at home in the first leg then that's you know it make it almost makes the second leg irrelevant, and that's gonna like you say the momentum. It that's gonna just be such a sucker punch um, if that's dead after one game. I don't think it will be, by the way, because I think we are difficult to beat. And Villa, you know, they won that game on the the, the fact that a linesman's flag and our mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't get stuffed. Um, so, and I think you know since Poyet's 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming apart from the Swansea game, um, obviously we conceded four to Chelsea as well. And Hazard had, you know, his best game this season, but you know, we, we are hard to beat. And Man United just don't, they just don't take teams apart like they used to. Like, the, they don't seem to have that thrust that they used to have that transitional pass. You know, maybe maybe not the final transitional pass, but the the pass from midfield to get them into that goal scoring area, the, into the final third. It just well, is Carrick uh, if he, if he's available, is he maybe the person or the player rather that's gonna he if he plays? I think it makes it a much more difficult mm. task for us. I mean, Carrick's a really good player, but he's. He's quite sort of one-paced in, in his style. True, mm-hmm. but in terms of transitional play, yeah, maybe, moving yeah. the ball, dropping off, well, picking like it up. Phil Jones and a forty-year-old winger in midfield, or Michael Carrick. I mean, I know who mm. I'd rather see line up against mm. us. No disrespect to those two players, who would probably walk into our team as it is anyway. Mm. But well, they definitely would. I mean, there's no question, <laughs> is there? Mm. <laughs> so you're gonna you'll be rubbish after three games <laughs> once, we, yeah. once we got all of them. So you're, you're thinking he's going to go fairly strong for the Carlisle Craig, so you, you'll be convinced he's going to it's going to be absolute full pelt for the semi-final then? Oh, I, there's no way. I mean, especially after what Kristen's been saying there about his time at Brighton, there's no way he's that like it's you know it's a it's a semi-final. It doesn't matter whether it's the League Cup, which you know is generally derided. Once it gets to this stage, it's a big deal, and he's going to want to showcase his talents as a manager, and he's going to want his players up for it. I mean, we're seeing a. I'm seeing a strong team for their FA Cup. I still do expect changes, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Altidore led the line, for example. Mm-hmm. That just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, think does it, Kristen? Does it almost you know, sort of act as as a re, like can the players remove the mental block going into a cup game like this? Take take you know, it does them good to forget about the league campaign for once, and like rather than it be a distraction, it be a help to go out and express themselves more. I think it does. I think, you know, I was talking before about the, the difficulty of the crowd there. It wouldn't surprise me if the fact that there's less people at the Cup games has actually helped things a little bit because there's less of a pressure for them. There's less to really operate in. And again, I'm almost convinced Poy will have seen the game against Manchester United from earlier this season. And to be honest, if it wasn't for Adnan Yanazai, they would have left there with quite a hiding, I think, um, because they were really weak in midfield. They didn't look up for it at all. And it was individual brilliance from a teenager that saved them. And if the same team mentally even comes close to, to rocking up to the stadium, like, I think they're in for real trouble. Um, it's it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, we don't get stuff. 
it could very easily go the other way. That would be Sunderland this season, I think, because, again, you have to remember who you beat to get here. You beat Chelsea, who, again, when they played in the Premier League, Eden Hazard did exactly the same thing, had a, an absolutely wonderful individual performance to keep them just above water. And, of course, if we just if, if we do just manage a tight win, Gareth, or a draw, then Old Trafford doesn't mm. seem like the fortress it used to be as well for the second leg. <laughs> if we can win, I think, if we can win 1-0 at home... And then you go the ideal situation. You win one nil at home. Well, actually, no. The ideal you win seven nil at home. That's the <laughs> ideal situation. Yeah. If in reality, if you can win one nil at home and then nick an early goal at Old Trafford, you've got the away goal. You've kept the clean sheet at home. Two banks of five. Yeah, and then basically, it's up to break so, you down. They've got to score three. So away goals do count. A, away goals count. Cup, I, I haven't. Away goals count quadruple in the away cup. Uh, is that right? In the, the away, away cup. cup the away there? cup. <laughs> have you not? Have you not? We're in the semi-final of the away <laughs> cup as well. Is that, is that right? This, yeah. right? Sorry, no. The league cup away mm-hmm. goals count, okay. not count double, because that's in extra time, though. I believe only. Is it? Yeah, only in extra oh, time. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, I remember. Actually, that's oh, uh, so many of these rules. They changed the rules. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. But yeah, the away, you'd hope that you could withstand at least. If you lost two one, you won one nil. Though you're in extra time at Old Trafford. You know, you got half an hour potentially in penalties. You, would you take that now if somebody said? You got you're in, you're in extra time at Old Trafford. After what we did to Chelsea, why not? Mm, yeah, why not? I guess it depends if you concede a last minute goal or you score a last minute goal or something like that in in normal time and gives you the momentum. But I think I'd take if somebody said you can have extra time at Old Trafford to see if you get in the cup final. Extra time penalties, I'd I'd snap the hands off. I think. Okay, we're well, gonna <coughs> yeah, we're gonna now gonna come back and we're gonna talk about potential transfers and just where Sunderland go from here. We're gonna speak to Mark as. Who works for the? Um, who's a journalist Bolton, down the ball and the Bolton, 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 even the news or something? I've lost, I've lost my train of thought. But, What's um, that um, Southampton blog called again? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he does that anymore. So that, does that's he not? Get out calls. Is yeah. it really? Yes. Bolton news. As simple as that. How can you forget? <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to talk to him after this. <laughs> Isles is the football reporter for the Bolton News and we thought it would be natural to ask him about Marcus Alonso. I guess I'm going to start Mark straight away with just as, as, as simplistic as his question sounds. You tell us about maybe the strengths and weaknesses of Alonso as a player. Yeah, well, I think on strengths, uh, he's, he's fantastic with the ball at his feet. As anybody you'd probably expect to come through the uh, the Real Madrid system, he's, uh, he's technically a fantastic player. Um much more of an attack-minded left-back than perhaps a defensive one, but I think that was kind of the area of his game in, his, in the last 12 months when he was a Bolton player that improved the most. He, he became quite a proficient defender, um, given a bit of game time, because I think for the first couple of years, really, that he was at Bolton, first 18 months under Owen Coyle, he really didn't get the chances he deserved. Um, it was only when Dougie Freeman came in that he, he got the games, and that kind of side of the game really really improved and by the time he left you know he, he was looking like he was going to be a, a very special player indeed Right I, I suppose where I'd go with this next is because a, a lot of what I've read about him also you know sort of backs up what he's saying he's very good on the ball going forward I know you've just said he's improved his defensive um, capabilities there when we spoke to our Liverpool contacts regarding De Sena when he was when we signed him recently 
His his uh, concerns regarding De Siena were that he probably might struggle in a flat back four. That he was more mm. of a wing back. Would you not say that's true of Alonso? Could he, could he play naturally in a in a flat back four? Well, I think he has to at Bolton. Uh, I, I think certainly early in his career, and you, you would you would always say that he, he would be more of a natural wing back. But he he never played in anything but a back four at Bolton. So you know he'd be he'd be well accustomed to to playing that sort of traditional fullback role. Um, as I say, the, the, the kind of last twelve months, um, certainly the last six months of his his Bolton career, he yeah, he really did improve defensively. Um, to the to the degree that he was you know sort of head and shoulders Bolton's best player really in the second half of last season, um, but you know he's he's got that size about him. It's not it's not just not, you know it's not just skill or anything like that. He's he's a big unit. He's a big lad. He's good in the air, um, and you know both in his own box and uh, and going forward as well. He's he's uh, he's got a goal in him. So. Um, he's, he's quite a complete player, really. I mean, he, yes, yes, he could fit in further down the field. Yes, you know, if, if he wanted to, to play him as a wing back, he would fit in that way. But I, I don't have too many concerns with him playing in a flat back four. Mm-hmm. So you say his, his career was certainly on an upwards trajectory when he left Bolton, then? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I think you know, we certainly as, as Bolton fans and and people that follow the club were were disappointed he decided to to leave I mean you can understand why Bolton are obviously in the championship and and he felt I I know speaking to him personally he could play in the Premier League he wanted to stay in the Premier League but the offers weren't particularly there for him Um, Fiorentina gave him uh, a really good contract and so it's a bit of a no-brainer for him, but I, I think he, he wanted to prove himself in the Premier League because he never really got that chance with Bolton. And um, I know, certainly speaking to Dougie Friedman at Bolton, it was a, a regret of his that the club couldn't really do any more financially to, to try and keep him there. Is it right that he's a bit of a set-piece taker? <clears throat> he's certainly got a good left foot on him. Um, I don't think he, he ever completely wrestled control of that at Bolton, but... He, he certainly um, weighed in with the goals, like I say. Um, I'm just trying to think whether or not he actually did, did score any four balls. Yeah, I, I think he may have grabbed a couple, but cer- certainly, as I say, because of his height and his, his, his strength, he's, he's always capable of, uh, of going up for a corner and, and getting on the end of something. Um, he scored a, a good few goals for Bolton in the end, and um, that, that side of his game, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's a real plus point, really. Did you um, follow his progress once he left Bolton? Was it somebody you were interested in? Just curious to. I noticed he didn't play a lot for Fiorentina. I don't know if you if you, yeah. if you know why or. Well, I think it was just he came in as a as a reserve uh, fullback. Um, I, I think speaking to him very very soon after he left, he he said he, he had to prove himself and and get settled in in a new country, etc. He didn't expect to play straight away, really, but. Um, no, I mean I, I can't tell you the the exact uh, who's why and wherefores as to to why he didn't play as many games as he should. And I know he's played Serie A, he played a, a few games for them. But I mean, looking at Fiorentina and and the, the players that uh, that were around him, you can imagine he he would have had to have proved himself and had a few decent players in front of him. But um, no, I, I think that coming back now. Uh, you know, in, into the Sunderland side. I know there's sort of reservations over the Sena, uh and, and has been for, for for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's got a point. He's got he's got a big point to prove. He's got you know, it's it's a bit of a gamble because really he's never had any you know particular experience at Premier League level. 
um, and it will be a, a big test for him. But um, he's, uh, he's he's a good lad. I, I do wish him well. I, I, I think you know, given, given the game time that he got at Bolton, if he can show that sort of rapid progress as he did when he got that opportunity at Bolton with that bit more experience, you know, he could be a good signing. Um, when he's missed games, or did he miss many at Bolton through injury? Do you know? Yes, he did. Yeah, well, he, he broke his foot. Um, I remember being on pre-season uh, with him in in America, um, and he broke his foot. Came back for a couple of games and was um, was used. That was that was when Coyley was in charge, um, and then broke his foot again playing against Blackburn. I think at Ewood Park. Um, so he's, he's, he had a bit of misfortune really when Bolton were a Premier League team. He couldn't quite get that grasp. Paul Robinson was left back at the time, and he just couldn't quite get ahead of him because of always seeming to be on the way back from from injury. Um, but by the time sort of Bolton were a Championship club, he'd, he'd been out for that long that he really, you know, he wasn't really pushing on at all until Friedman Friedman arrived and got him fit again. Um, so you would hope, really, that I suppose that's one of the concerns that if he hasn't been playing for Fiorentina particularly regularly, that, that he might be a little bit rusty. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how many games he has played very recently for Fiorentina, but uh, he's in good shape. Like I say, he's he's, um, he's an athletic lad. He gets up and down uh, the flank, and he's um, you know, he's, he, I don't think you should have too many worries on that front. So, finally, you 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 got instinct. Do you, do you think he's he's ready for the battle here? Is he the kind of lad who's going to be up first? Because this this is big games from here on until the end of the season. Now yeah. for Sunderland, there's no comfort zone. There's no comfort zone here. There's no hiding place this season. Absolutely no. I've I've been in the middle of uh, of that atmosphere many times. Given <laughs> light, it's not very forgiving. I remember uh, Bolton coming in and 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 thrashing and when I think it was Roy Keane's last game in charge. I think I was mm. uh, one of the most horrific atmospheres I think I've ever encountered <laughs> in a stadium. But no, I, look, he's he's, um, he's he's a determined young chap. I mean, you, you're talking about a lad with proper pedigree here. I mean, he's he's his grandfather was a. a, a a very famous player at Real Madrid. His dad played at Barcelona. He knows. He knows the score. He knows. You know. He, he always used to talk about. He knows uh, the pressure of the English game. He's, he's, he's well versed in it. He's been in England since um, he's been quite young. He famously went to uh, Bobby Charlton Soccer School at, uh, in Preston as a, as a twelve <laughs> or thirteen year old. Well, I think. Mind me and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. His, his, his English is fantastic. You know, he knows the English ways. He's not—he's not one of these sort of foreign lads that you might think has to sit around for a couple of months and and maybe get attuned to things. Um, mm-hmm. He's—he uh, knows—he knows the score, and he'll be coming in with his eyes open. He's—he's uh, he's a canny lad. So, you know, I, I, I hope he does well. I hope he does well because um, I would have—I would have been interested to see if he'd have stayed on at Bolton for twelve more months, just how far he could have gone just how much he could have made of himself so it, it will be interesting especially in the, the situation that Sunderland are in seeing how he goes on now Sorry, I know he had that really horrible car accident back in, in Spain um, yeah. where one of his friends sadly passed away did you see any repercussions with him physically after that or even mentally? Um, it was it was a difficult one for him I think uh, the, the club uh, surrounded him at that time and made sure that uh, there wasn't too many Trying questions whilst the, the the investigation was going on and such, but um, I think he he has said himself that it is something he has to, to come to terms with. Really, he, considering what impact you would you would consider that would have on you, he didn't spend that long out, and, and he came back and 
that may be a measure of the kind of mental resolve he's got. Yes, that that did happen. It's one of those things that, in, in my own opinion, yeah, but for the grace of God, it, it could happen to any of us. And mm. it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, obviously a shocking thing to to actually to happen. But um, he, he bounced back, and he's he's you know he's, he's he's dealt with it, and and it's just part of his life now. It'll be something I'm sure he'll uh, he'll always uh, have to live with. But um, no, I, I think it, it didn't affect him on the pitch all that much, if I'm being brutally honest. <laughs> going to finish then speaking um briefly about possible transfer targets and the like i don't want to i don't want to speculate too much uh if, if there's anything in the the two brighton players we'll get jabs go back on after we sign them if we sign any of them and speak to them rather than speculation to keep in line with that Kristen, um the we've been linked to scott go of course now again some reports saying it's not close some reports saying there's de- genuine interest there is it likely this is just uh, his his agent's drumming up interest and after that could you just tell us a little bit about him and whether he would be the kind of player we need and that's a way of getting around it I think well without wishing to sound too much like Andy Burton my sources suggest <laughs> um, it's very much his side of, of things pushing yeah. this one on okay um he he was at Newell's last season, and you were obviously linked in the, in the summer to him. Um, he joined Internacional in Brazil, and has had an absolutely terrible time. They've been an utter mess of a club. They're managed by Dunga, uh, the oh, old Brazilian yeah. defender who wears some shocking outfits, um, <laughs> and they've just had a, a terrible season. And, and he's not had much, but he's only really had one decent game against uh, Botafogo, in which he got two goals. But other than that, he's been been pretty useless. He's a good player. I think he'd do well in the Premier League. Um, but I think at the minute he's just trying to really push the remove anywhere because he's, he's still got Argentina and the World Cup in the back of his mind because he, he's a late uh, debutant for Argentina, but he's, he's still just on the radar. Like um, Jacarini for Italy, maybe? Uh, I, th- I think Jacarini is a little bit further up the ladder for Italy than he is for Argentina. And plus, um, he's not understudy to Messi, Tevez, Aguero, Higuain, and <laughs> those are just the ones off yeah. the top of my head. Um, just out of interest... Um, what kind of football did Internacional play apart from terribly by the sound of it do they have like <laughs> a specific style of play at all or? Um, they they do like to get it on the, on the deck as you would imagine Brazilian teams do um, the the problem he's had as well is kind of mirrors his international situation is they've got a lot of strikers mm. um, they've just sold Damião who was linked to Tottenham a while ago but they've also got Forlan the yeah. old Man United striker and he's just not getting them, them out of the team even though Forlan's well past 30 now um, and he can play out wide, which is where he's tended to, to find oh, himself right. for them. So he, he could come in, do a job out wide. He's a decent dribbler, decent with set pieces. Um, but like I say, from what I can understand, he's very much trying to find any club as opposed to, to Sunderland specifically, and you're not massively interested either. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, I suppose the link may have been there originally in the summer because I know Angeloni... Well, I've heard anyway that he does a lot of scouting in Buenos Aires anyway, so he'll have probably... I know Newells are based in Rosario, but you'll have mm. seen him play plenty. And interestingly, Newells do play a very similar style of football to Sunderland. So when he was scoring all those goals, and he was scoring plenty in the Libertadores as well, so at a slightly higher level than the Argentinian Primera, you know, he was playing in a side that kept 60 70% of the ball during the game. The, you know, they had it much more instilled than we've got it here. But if he's spearheading a team playing like that, 
if we were looking at a forward, someone like that would probably be the right type of player. Like it doesn't have to be someone big and physical necessarily. It's someone technical. Would he play? He, by the sound of it, though, he wouldn't play through the middle. Would he play as one of these, one of the wider players in mm. the four-two-three-one? So he well, do what um, Jack Marini or Barini's been doing that sort. It's of not what he did at Newell's. I'm pretty certain he played he through, through the middle, middle because he? since he's left Newell's, they've struggled f- to find a replacement. I mean, they've got Trezeguet playing for them, but he sort of comes off the bench a lot. Anyway, aside from that, I mean. Regard, I mean, yeah, he could be a bit like a Barini style figure, but it sounds like it's a waste of time getting into details of what he can do specifically because, from what Kristen's saying, it's probably a no go anyway. Mm. Do we need a centre forward, Gareth? Um, it's it's back it to the, the, the same old argument, isn't it? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are the forwards getting the service, mm. or is it because the forwards aren't good enough to fit in this system, or they aren't good enough generally? Do, do we need one? Well, I think it comes back to sort of what we were saying earlier. It's it's not that the forwards. It's not necessarily to do with either one or the other. It's a mixture of both. The forwards might work in a different style of play, as might some of our other players. The way we're playing, they just there's a disconnect. I, I can't. I, it's quite hard to put your finger on. Whereas somebody else who might be a bit livelier, a bit more dynamic, a bit mm-hmm. of pace, that might be what we need up front, rather than someone who can win headers like Fletcher's good at winning headers in the box. A goal or whatever Altidore's got asked. I don't want to be sure. Can I lack imagination? Be really dull and say Shane Long. Fantastic! I would love to have. I'd you love know, I mean, for us. it's it's one of those situations where you've got to look at who's played in the Premier League, who's probably available, who's different to what we've got, Definitely. and he, he fits the bill. He's quick, very quick, and we've got nobody with pace. Like I mean, Barini's sharp mover, but he's not exactly he's not blistering. I mean, somebody who can really stretch teams, and you know, w- but will he fit into? Po- would he fit into Poyet's style of play as a lone central forward like he wants to play? Could be the Craig McHale Smith of Sunderland if he's willing to work hard enough. Because again, Craig McHale Smith, you smile. You no, no, <laughs> I just thought like <coughs> such like a don't know, like kind of an obscure. Yeah, it was uh, an obscure, an inspiring. Sort yeah, of, uh, an inspiring comparison. Yeah. He, he could be the Messi of Sunderland, <laughs> not the Craig McHale Smith of Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to remember, Craig McHale Smith is very much a career founded on hard work, um, and he does run and run and run. Um, I don't think Shane Long is that hard working, but again, you could probably furrow him into similar avenues. I imagine tactically. Okay, but somebody, you need someone to pick the pass. You can stretch it. You can, you can stretch. Essential. Yeah, you can stretch the back four though. And mm. what from what? Um, sorry, Stephen reminds us of the gentleman's name who we spoke to from Bol- from the Bolton Mark News. Isles. Mark Isles. From yeah. what Mark? I thought it was Mark, but I didn't want to not call him Mark and something else. <laughs> but what Mark was saying. Sorry, Mark, if you listen. Um, Alonso sounds absolutely perfect for what Poyet wants to do. Mm. Te- te- the first thing he said was he's technically very good. You have to be to play in Poyet's system. He's an attacking fullback. You know, Poyet pushes his fullbacks on. They do a lot. Have to do a lot of defending, and they have to do that well. But it's about getting in those forward positions almost as that extra option when we work the ball across the final third, across the penalty area. It's the fullback when he comes over into the space. And you've seen it too many times with Shalutska, who's just not suited to it when he receives it in that massive space. It takes about three touches to get it under, and then his decision making just is not very good at all. No, he wants to uh, basically get the ball and run in a straight yeah. line from deep, and get it. And that over. isn't isn't the type of attacking fullback that Poyet's looking for. I totally agree with you there. Mm. Well, so Alonso's first in, Craig Poyet has said he wants three or four. Mm. It might be more I now. I, I do. Think. Tell me, please tell me, 
two of these are going to be central midfielders. Well, at least one has to be. I mean, we need somebody. I, I mean, you hear Bridcut's name get thrown around, and again, it might be an easy link to make. So, but is that the player we need? It's somebody at the apex well, of the well, midfield Br- that Br- we need. Bridcut and Poyet have the same agent, apparently. So, okay. I think there's some definitely going to be some truth in that. Now, we saw the mistake Catamol made mm. against Aston Villa. So, you know, again, you wouldn't be that surprised to see Bridcut come in, which would m- then lead me to believe he's still a centre midfielder short. Was he bringing a break in? Yeah. I mean, what what he might think about doing, I'm not necessarily he's right or wrong, but if he brought Bridcut in alongside Catamore and then pushed Key right up there, I'm not mm. saying that's the right thing, but he might have that in mind if he feels he can. Because well, that's pick, probably Key un- could unlock the defence. That's possibly you know the option he might have to go for if he doesn't yeah. get his own way. Kristen, he's surely uh, De Canio was looking for centre midfielder, a player with the keys. Now I'm not going to relate that the key thing, <laughs> but regardless of of key being there, we're still short, aren't we? We're still short of something higher up the field. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching him, he's the only one who seems to come close to penetrating the opposition defence, um, whether it be through running or trying to pass it. But I'm just not sure if Brigcut's the right kind of player. I just don't know if he's going to have enough of an effect on the midfield because. Again, you've seen instances where Catamol's had a, a good impact on the game from that deep position, sort of hitting passes into into nice bits of space. But that's when the team comes onto you. I don't think many of the rivals you're going to face are going to want to come onto you in the second half of the season because the closer you get to the the business end, as we say, um, the more scared teams tend to get. And I think that's one of the big reasons Decanio thrived because games got really mm. nervy and, and tense, and he was able to kind of build it up as if it was a cup game. I suppose the problem is the type of midfielder we're talking about here is not necessarily going to be easy to find full stop Mm. and certainly not in January and I mean personally can't see the club chucking a load of money out around it at this time of year I mean I know they'll they'll want to stay up but everything suggests in the past two to three years that they won't throw big money at at an individual now I think when you look I think the, the fullback thing as well going back to it you do see them. They're the ones who play the final ball quite often. They're the ones who the ones who make do put the final ball in the, into the box, final pass into the box, or make the final decision. Look at how many goals Bardley scored. Look how many shots Bardley's had. Look how many chances Solutska's had to to shoot or you know deliver a ball inside the penalty area as well. You're talking. You're not talking from a wide position. You're talking from inside the inside the side of the box. Um, if you've got a better player, if if key which is quite good as getting the foot Quee's quite good at getting the full back in in those areas. If you only masturbate that pass and you've got Bardi playing at right back in his natural position and Alonso playing at left back with his technical quality that he apparently has and his intensity in the box going forward like Mark was saying, we might start getting a bit more change. You don't know. Um maybe it's playing through the middle because it is quite congested in there. Maybe that's not something that we're going to be able to find that player to come in and be so good enough to to pick that pass the way Poyet sets up. Well, certainly the man who isn't to do it, in my opinion anyway, is Jaggerini. I mean, I wouldn't have him anywhere near playing him off the front. Mm. If you're going to play him, he has to play wide, whether it's his best position or not. He simply isn't a good enough finisher or passer of the ball to play him off the front. I'd rather play two up front. That's an interesting one because that's something we've debated on here before. He does some bizarre Um, stuff like he just... I think I think that's something I was always pushing for and I think his performance against Aston Villa when he got moved there kind of made me change my mind a, a little bit and I think it's back to the same age old problems we've had here 
the problematic areas, central midfielders. Key's helped, and I don't, and I think we all need to be worried now that Swansea decided to take him back because that would well and truly derail our season. I think that's all we've got time for this week. And I'd like to thank my guests, Craig Clark, Kristen Hanedge, and Gareth, of course. We'll be back hopefully with one foot in the League Cup final, and that's the cliche I'm going out with, as positive as that. <laughs> Over and out. Oh, 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 o